Hello, everyone, and yes, we are back. It is the Ballers in God podcast, episode two, people. Episode two is here, live and running. And we've got a guest with us. No longer is it just me and John. We have got someone with us today, but I'll leave that to John to introduce. Thank you, everyone who watched the episode uh, last time. We appreciate so much, all the comments, all the love and the and support you have given us uh, in for this podcast. So going forward, just keep giving us your support, give me, keep giving us your love, and keep giving us your prayers. And I'm sure this podcast can reach more than just the the local area, the the UK. We want it worldwide. We want it all over the place, people. So thank you so much for everything you're doing. Uh, John, co-host now. You know what I'm saying? No longer guests. You it's nice to be on this side, KJ. Can't lie. It's nice to be on this side. You know, last week I was under the spotlight. This week I get to ask the questions, and we are joined by a very, very special guest. Before I even go into that, I just want to say, KJ, you're looking marvelous in that hat and t-shirt, bro. Oh, Repping the ballers in God crew. See, I got my hat on as well. Better me to you up. But listen, I want to introduce a very special guest. Um, think about ballers in God, and I think about one of our lines and catchphrases that, or should I say, um, yeah, um, phrases that really epitomize what we are and, and, and who we are. And it's more than players. And we are joined by someone here this evening who really, really is more than a player. You guys may have seen the goals because he's a certified bagsman. You may have seen the swag because he's drippy on the ground. You may have seen it all. Um, played for many clubs, full international, played at top level. Um, played overseas um, but more than that this brother here is a husband 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 yeah before I get it wrong a husband he is a father but before all those titles he is a man of God and a child of the most number one. so we are joined by mm. none other than my little bro Benik Afobe how are you yeah. doing bro thank you guys for having me on the show man um, obviously me and Joe and um, me and John go back I think 12 years now, yeah. um, playing for England under 17s. And KJ, obviously, I watched the program last, the podcast last week. And, you know, when John asked me to be on the podcast, it was a no brainer for me. You know, it was a yes straight away on WhatsApp, innit, John? So yeah. I'm obviously honored that you chose me as um, the first guest after John. And I'm looking forward to all the questions that you're going to ask me and also me telling my side of how life has been for me, you know? So, um, very much grateful for you guys having me on the show. Yeah, man, no problem, man. Yo, I listen, people. Look at look who we've got here, man. Two certified ballers, bro, and John. Oi, honestly, man, like it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Now, I wish I was at the level that you guys have ever played at. But this is why we have this podcast so that everyone, not just not just the ballers, but also fans like me of the game, can just interact and get a feel for who footballers are truly are because there's. Like John says, you guys are more than just players, and this podcast is here to show that uh, for sure. But yeah, how, how are you doing, Benick? Like, just how's things in general? Just, just Benick, the guy, like the man. I'm the like, guy. How are you, bro? I'm the yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah guy. Life's life's been good. Life's been really good at the moment. Um, you know, um, being a footballer, when you're playing well, you're happy. It shouldn't be like that, but that's the honest truth, you know. And um, I'm enjoying my football. Um, the last couple of years have been tough on and off the pitch. But um, at the moment, feeling really good, man. Family life is great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my books. I'm, I'm reading, not just um, 
the Bible, but just reading in general. Um, I like the motivational side of things. I like um, the psychological side of things. So I'm reading. I've got a few books that I've been reading. And um, kids, kids are doing well. So I'm happy at the moment, man. Praise Bennett, God. Bennett, before you move on, come on, give us some nuggets, bro. Some books. <laughs> Obviously, the word of God is our is our is our is our daily bread. But what books, bro, would you recommend to people who want to be um, want to progress and want to better themselves? Is there anything that's really impacted you? Any any books you'd recommend for us to pick up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like reading um, autobiographies at the moment, and there's a couple of books or three at the moment that I've read in the last few months. And I do a one hour drive um, in the morning, so I do audio books. But it's the same you can Top. get on. Yeah, uh, normal book, audio books, and the three that I've read are the Mike Tyson book, um, the Matthew McConaughey. I don't know how to say surname. McConaughey. McConaughey. That's McConaughey, the one. The actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good book, and also I like the Will Smith book. I haven't, I'm, I've only read a bit of that, but them mm. three books, man, it's inspirational, man. You know, everyone sees how well they've done. Um, you know, whether it's rich, famous, or they're good at their jobs and stuff but the psychological part of the stuff that they've gone through you know the trials and tribulations and to come on the other side of that is unbelievable and it's so touching and everyone goes through their um, troubles in life you know it's just about how you deal with it and having the right people around you and obviously for us that number one that no one can ever take away from us you know so I think um, they're definitely good books and I'd recommend them for you man yeah, no, that, that's excellent, man. Like, to be, I, I'm gonna be honest. Reading is the fit one thing I'll probably struggle with. What, that's the why you got in life, books, bro. Right? <laughs> Honestly, man. Like, no, it's not bad. I always used to think, like, ah, oh, man, is is audio is audio books and audio Bible cheating, bro? Because I'm not actually <laughs> reading, bro. You know, it's true. It's true. I see where you're coming from. Let, yeah, let me yeah, tell you bro. something, KJ. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word mm. of God. So you got two different gates. Mm-hmm. your ear gates and your eye gates so if yeah. you can't read it listen to it it'll get into your soul yeah. so big up for, big big up for that benick we'll, we'll check those books out for sure yeah, well for sure and uh, audio people young people especially audio books is the way forward you heard yeah. it from benick himself audio books but yeah, yeah so yeah. let's talk a bit of football current season you've played for many clubs but right now you're at millwall um how are you feeling right now you're during your season with Millwall right now why is it like playing um championship football um it's been a i'm like you john you know you've been at so many clubs and you've had some good spells at these clubs and some not so good spells but for one reason or another the middle one this season for me has been really good it's been very positive um i know we're going to talk about my time in turkey and i don't want to go into that too much yet but from this season um i signed for mill on loan for the season and the manager is my ex-manager from Stoke. So he's the one who mm. bought me at Stoke City. Um, to be fair, I've done all right for him there. I scored, I had eight goals before Christmas, but then unfortunately he got sacked mm. and it didn't go so well for me there. And, you know, um, obviously I wasn't working with him again, but when the opportunity came to go to Millwall this season, him knowing me and me knowing how he works, it was a no-brainer for me. Now, after being away in Turkey for a year, to be back in London playing for a team where I knew the manager rated me, it just made sense and it's been it's been going well. I've been injury-free, praise God. Uh, I've played many games and I've scored a few goals. So happy days as a forward, you know, when you're scoring goals, yeah. playing in the championship and you're living at home, you know, they're the, they're the three boxes you want to be ticking, you know. Yeah. As 
most footballers would tell you. So I've been happy. Uh, I am happy, but um, there's still 20 games to go. And I think we'll, in the back of our minds, we'll have, uh, we'll have it in our heads that we want to try and sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. Because there's still totally. 20 odd games to play. And, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're not striving or trying to do them things, then there's no point playing. You know, depending on where you are in the league. And I think we've got a couple of games in hand. And if we win them games, we're probably about four, four or five points off it. So why not believe? Why not dream? Yeah. Got you. And, 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 and Bennett, so I've seen, you know, I don't know if your, your team's top goal scorer this year. Are you Mills top goal scorer this year? Yeah. Shock there, by the way. Another, another, <laughs> another top goal scorer accolade so far. So as a striker, going into a season, do you have a set amount of goals that you want to hit? Or is it just like... Say each game, each game as it comes. You know what? I used to. I used to feel like, oh, you know, you need to get your twenties or you need to get your tens. But now, I don't worry about them stuff, man, because mm. it's um, it's it's like you're being a little bit hypocritical, you know. Because mm. listen, I'm a we believe in God, Christian, and all my life, well, when you read the Bible, God says about taking each day as it comes, you know, as a day is a thousand years in God's mm, eyes, blah, blah. and him, planning yeah. for the future. Yes, it's good. You know, you want to get married, you want to have children, mm. you want to whatever you want to do, you want to uh, fulfill your life uh, potential and in, in everything you want to do. But you're just looking too far. God forbid. Okay, you score three goals in three games. You're having a good start to the season. Mm. You do your leg or whatever happens in your life. You miss the whole season. You'll be thinking, oh, I wanted to get the twenty goals and all that stuff. I literally go out there thinking there's 46 games now. Mm. I want to score 46 goals because I want to score in every game. And mm. then when May comes, however many goals I've got, I've got. But every single game, I want to score, which is actually technically 46 mm. goals. I'm yeah. not going to get there, but yeah. that's what I strive for because I feel like if I say, oh, I want to get 18 goals, say I get 18 goals by February, then what? Mm, you know what I'm trying totally. to say? So I just totally. take it. It sounds like a cliche answer when, you know, after interviews, uh, after games, mm. interviews, People say, "Oh, we're just taking it game by game." Yeah, oh, mate, yeah. that one. Yeah. I wish we could. I wish classic. we could delete that one from football. I wish classic. We could delete that one. I wish the players were honest. I wish the players were really honest. Can you imagine that? After scored a hat trick. No, nah, we're, we're happy. We're gassed to be in the top so, six. <laughs> yeah, that is so, uh, uh, one of so, the best so, in, interviews I think I've seen. Was ah, uh, I think it was um, Ivan Tony after what they um, got promoted Prems. to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man was like, "We're winning the Prem. We're going for the." And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> Bring the energy, bro. Like, it's come true, on, man. True. I would Be love yourself, it. Um, man. Can Be you yourself. imagine that? So, Benny Kifobi, how does it feel to get a trick today? Yeah, well, listen, my team were awful, but listen, buzzing, they got me up top, to be fair. We got, <laughs> can you imagine, though? You know, we all back up. People like Zlatan do it all the time. Um, yeah, but no, it's good to hear, hear, hear you're back in, in London, bro, doing your thing. I know you're on loan at the moment, so mm. um, the Lord knows exactly what's well, next for you. Amen. But I've, I've got some competition here tonight. So, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be many more guests who's going to come on. Mm. Um, now, I've played for a lot of clubs. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Mr. Afobe, God sent you as a footballing missionary to different places, and we're going Arsenal, Huddersfield, Reading, Bolton, Mill, Sheffield Wednesday, NK Dons, uh, Wolves, Bo Bournemouth, Wolves, Wolves, Bristol, Chapters. I don't know how many clubs is that, Benick? Is it 14? Are you up to 14 or 15? Do you know? I don't know if you counted. Bro, 14 or 15. Enough clubs, right? So listen, we're going to go right back to the beginning, early mm. days, AFC, Arsenal. Talk to us about coming through the ranks, bro, because if anyone doesn't know, Benick was 
was was a wonder kid. Yeah, know? he, he like, can't talk about being a wonder. Yeah, but, yeah, but, that's exactly <laughs> what I can say. Wait, wait. Bro, that's exactly what, what I can people, say. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? The the, the rivalry's already started, bro. You know no, what I mean? No, 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 you got no, the Spurs. No, you got the you Arsenal have here. To give honor where it's due. Bennett was a certified bagsman from the moment he could tie shoelaces. So, bro, let's go back to the beginning. Arsenal, what was it like coming through Hayland? Bro, you know what? It's a blessing, of course, coming from Arsenal. But at the same time, it might not be. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And a lot of people don't see that. And myself, I didn't see that. You know, you're going to school. You're the boy that plays for Arsenal. Mm. You know, you played for England early, under 16s. You're on TV. You've got the Nike sponsors at 16, 17. But before that, let me go back to how it actually was when you're six or seven. I remember going for trials at um, Hayland as a, as a six-year-old. And I remember turning up and there was a hundred boys. And I said to my dad, how come there's so many, so many boys here? Like it's a nine aside or it's a six aside, whatever it was at the time. And he just said, oh, don't worry about it. Just play how you did for your, my team was called Eclipse. Mm. And little did I know it was a trial, but my dad being smart, me being six or seven, he didn't want to tell me it's a trial because, you know, you start getting panicky or whatever. I just thought, you know what? There's a bunch of a hundred boys. I'm just going to go and play and be happy. Thank the Lord I got in. Um, I was one of the 16 that signed up. And when you get to eight or nine years of age, you're at Arsenal Academy. And in your head, you think, you're going to be at Arsenal forever. You think mm. 9, 10, 11, you're going to go up to 21s and you're going to break into the first team. So I'm telling people at school, yeah, I play for Arsenal. I'm going to be playing for Arsenal in the first team. Not knowing that, it's only two-year contracts and the lads are going to be getting released every two years. But thankfully, oh, I was blessed enough to be kept on until I got to um, 15, 16, and I had to make a big decision for me. Uh, at 15, Arsenal offered me to go um, full-time a year early which I was in, just finished year 10. So it was obviously a big decision coming from an African uh, family, you know, mm. going to my mum and dad saying, listen, um, Arsenal asked me if I want to leave school year early. They think I can go the whole way. Um, training full-time is going to help me become a professional footballer a little bit earlier. And we sat down, we prayed about it. My mum, uh, my dad, myself, my older sister at the time, um, we sat down and... We thought it was going to be the right decision. I'd made my mind up. I want to be a professional footballer. So I went full-time a year early. So I didn't do year 11. Didn't do my GCSEs. Oh, and it was a tough decision, obviously. Like I said, you know, you, the mums and dads were big on school. I was big at school. Never got expelled. Never late. Had like 100% attendance from year 7 to year 10. So I was good. I was good at school. You know, every teacher... Well, yeah, I don't know if any teachers will watch this, but they couldn't say anything bad about me yet. <laughs> let them know. I just let them know. Come on, no woodwork tonight, boy. That was good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a massive decision, obviously. And um, you, get to, you, you get to Arsenal training every day and you're seeing the likes of the Van Persies, the Nazaris. Mm. And this is where I was saying it's good, but it might not be good because yeah. you've got a kit man doing your boots and you're 16, you know, you're yeah. saying, I right, take my plate. You know, you've got dinner ladies there. You've got everything around you. And then, I know I'm fast-forwarding a little bit, but then when I was 17, I had the opportunity to go to Huddersfield alone, as you saw. Mm. Um, I was 17. They were in League One. And I've gone from, like, kit men doing my boots, at me being 16, me seeing Van Persie, having lunch with him, him taking pictures of me in the gym, we're dancing, all this stuff, thinking I'm quite close there, mm. but you're miles off it. You know, I've gone on loan. To be fair, it was a successful loan, but 
You've got first-teamers, Lee Pelcher, for example, who's had a fantastic career, played in the Champions League. Well, yeah, he's got a Champions League medal, played for Liverpool. Mm. And they're getting changed in poor cabins. You know? <laughs> he's laughing. They're <laughs> getting changed in porter cabins. You know, we've get we've got um Robinsons, you know, like funny enough, I've got Robinsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um you're, you're rushing in to get a bit of Robinsons before it finishes because there's only one bottle between 20 players. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> this is the real side of football people don't see right, yeah, got I've I've been telling everyone I'd be playing for Arsenal's first team, not even in an arrogant way, but just yeah. That's what we. That's what I thought. I've never had any olders or big cousins that played in academy football, so I just thought that's what it was like, you know. Mm. And then you get to 15, 16, you start seeing a lot of players that you were with drop out of the game. You know, you hear stuff about them. Some are in prison. Some, have luckily or thankfully, have gone to other clubs and yeah. gone on to have careers. But it's not that easy. And I think coming from Arsenal, when you've been basically fed with a silver spoon, yeah. um, and you see that. That can hit you, man. You can go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough that I've come from a great family, but it's it's hard to go to a League One team where you've seen you've got a better car than the players that's getting paid um, the most at the club. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can either think, oh, I, I shouldn't be here, or you can be like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, roll my sleeves up and get stuck in and I'm going to take to the culture because everyone talks about going abroad, a different culture, but you can have the same, you can have a different culture in the same country. As John, you'd know yourself, you know, you played for a lot of clubs as well. And automatically, you're the kid from Arsenal that plays for England, the 19. They're going to see what you're like. Yeah. They're going to be like, mm. is he big time? Um, is he even good at football? What's he doing? He's only here for six months. So we, we don't need to be too friendly yeah. with him. But I took to it, you know, and many, many years later, yeah, so you, I'm getting so you... invited to Anthony Pilkington, who was my teammate's wedding, you know, oh, stuff yeah. like that. And I, I'm still in contact with these boys who helped me massively. And I've got a lot of respect for them because I was only seven, a 17-year-old boy, but they took to me really, really well and I really did enjoy it, man. Yeah, it's good, man. So, like, yeah. at that time, 17, you've moved away from home in Huddersfield and you've got these teammates. Like, So, you tell me, like, at the start, you, you get that that sense of... Pr- you feel that pressure already going into that dressing room, like, yo, I actually you know have to now deliver and perform, or...? To be honest, when I look at it back... When I look back at it now... I think to myself, how on earth have I moved at 17, 18 to go live in Huddersfield? <laughs> and it was I had a house by myself mm. and I had to learn to cook for myself. I had my mum doing everything for me and um, playing with these guys, driving, not coming home some weekends because I wanted to spend time with my teammates or whatever it mm. was. And I think to myself, I've got my sister's turning 18 in March now, my younger sister. Mm. And I think, what? Like, yeah. if she told me she's moving up to Manchester. Even if she had the most money in the world, I'm saying no chance. She's going to struggle. Big deal. Big, big you know what I'm deal. trying to say? Mm. And I just yeah. can't, like, you know what? Ignorance is, is bliss. Because I didn't know what football was actually like. And you're pure. You're young. You're hungry. None of that. I, I didn't think about pressure. I didn't think about fans. Mm. I just thought, oh, I'm going to League One. I'm going to score a few goals. And then I'll be back at Arsenal and yeah. see what happens after that. You know? Yeah. I had the confidence. You're oozing confidence. And you're not thinking about, oh, if I go five games without scoring this and that it's as you get older and you start listening to different noises and other people that's when you start to think about all these yeah. pressure sort of stuff and yeah i'm 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 very very grateful that i've prayed and that pressure i don't feel that pressure anymore but mm. it took me four or five years man to get back into my mojo or my rhythm but yeah, yeah ignorance is bliss i didn't think about it at 17 18 yeah. that's that's yeah. crazy it's i've got one more question for for Benick about this and then then john will sure. take take over <clears throat> There was a, 
I actually remember this so vividly. Um, you was playing for Bournemouth. We're going, going, we're fast forwarding a little bit. Uh, you was playing for Bournemouth, mm-hmm. and then you got loaned out to to Wolverhampton. So I'm from Birmingham, innit? So like, I, it's down the way, you know what I mean? Wolves are down the way in that. So, um, you got loaned there, and then you end up getting bought by Wolves, but then straight after you get sent on loan to Stoke in that season. So what? I just want to know what what happens in that kind of scenario. Like, what leads to that, and how did that? How does that feel like as a as a player going for, signing on, and literally the next day, boom, you're already gone. Politics, bro. <laughs> um, welcome to the uh, welcome to our world, KJ. Welcome to our world. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. That is probably one of the first questions people ask me. What what happened there? But I'm not afraid to talk about it. it wasn't like um, an attitude problem and then they went to ship me on so basically I was at Bournemouth and the last it was transfer deadline day actually and in January and I said to Eddie Howe at the time I want to go back to Wolves Wolves are interested in me and after a few conversations it happened so I, I signed for them and I, to be fair I'd done pretty well at Wolves uh, we won the league mm-hmm. uh, yeah. praise God and I think I scored six goals in seven starts and I had a few assists, so I done I done okay. I done okay, and then they offered me a contract. It wasn't like if I played a certain amount of games, then they had to buy me. They offered me the contract. My agent came up to me and said to me, "Listen, Wolves have gone to the Premier League, and they want to buy you." And it was a no-brainer for me. I was comfortable at Wolves. I enjoyed it so much, and obviously, you're going to be in the Premier League. It's a no-brainer, really and truly. And then, so I signed the contract, and then they, my agent said to me that um, you're not in Nuno's plans. And I said, but I've just signed the contract. He said, yeah, well, the club wanted you, but Nuno has his own plans. He wants to bring in Jimenez. And I said, okay, that's fine. You know, there's going to be a lot of players in your position in any club, whether it's League Two or Champions League sort of team, there's going to be more than 11 players. Mm. So I said, that's fine. Um, if I train really well, I want to speak to Nuno. If I'm training well and playing, um, playing well, am I going to be playing? He said, no, because Jimenez is coming for a lot of money. And the politics side of it, um, even if he went 10 games without scoring, he's going to be playing. Mm. And I basically left Bournemouth because I wasn't playing. Mm. So even yeah. though I'm going to a club that I knew already, I'm going to be in the same situation I was at Bournemouth. So I thought, wait a minute, that's not, that's not right. And um, at the time then, that's when Stoke heard about this news. Well, my agent obviously contacted Stoke and they'd just gone down to the championship. Yeah. And Stoke rang my agent and said, listen, we'd love to have Benic Foby. Uh, we're going to build a, a, a good team, a good championship team. We want to um, bounce straight back up, you know. So mm-hmm. they went and bought, splashed out a lot of money, you know. They had Joe Allen, Jack Butler, Shaw Cross, yeah. McLean, Ince, all these players. And if you looked at the team on paper, not even the team, the squad, you would have mm-hmm. thought, ah, they're going to be up by March. Mm-hmm. And at the time, as you know, I was at Wolves and I was living, at, I was living in Stafford, you know, the areas... Yeah. And Stafford is in between, actually, Stoke and Wolves. It's like half mm. an hour both ways. So I thought to myself, listen, I'll be honest with you, they've offered me more money That's to no go into Stoke. Yeah. And mm. I don't have to move house. My wife was pregnant. Mm. And um, it would be nice to be a main man, one of the main yeah. players at Stoke, and then score 20 goals or something, and then go up, and then you've experienced it again. You know, and... That's what I was thinking at the time. So yeah. I, came, I came to the decision with my family. We prayed We prayed on it and I just thought, I don't care if it's going to be like some sort of a pub quiz question, who got bought by Wolves and then signed. Mm. I don't care about stuff like that, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. bigger than that stuff. So um, that will happen. And then I signed for Stoke and I just thought, oh, it's going to be a great time. And unfortunately for us, um, 
it was tough, man. You know, when mm. you when you when you're used to losing every week, and then you go to the championship and you think yeah. everyone thinks, ah, listen, they're Premier League club. It's not like that. Confidence yeah. is a big thing, man. You're used to yeah. having less possession, you're used to leaking goals. It doesn't yeah. matter if you sign the place, the morale and the energy is just gonna be Oh, here we go again. Momentum, such a big word. You know, wasn't it? Yeah. So it Momentum. was tough. It was tough. Wow. Wow. I, I hope you guys are listening to this. How many times have Benek has said, me and my wife, we prayed about it. We prayed about it. We prayed mm-hmm. about it. These are things you don't often hear from players. Players say, yeah, you know, it's a no-brainer. Or, this, this, this is a man who, who seeks God's face and his hand in all that he does, you know. And so it's so amazing to just see your career pan out, Benek. It's, it's Thank awesome. You. Um mm-hmm. I remember a testimony you once shared way back. I don't know if you feel comfortable to share it now about your beginning of your life. I don't know if, if you're, oh. if, 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 if this is, a, if, if you feel comfortable to do that. Um, of course. But if you do, um, or if you don't, um, oh, you do. Okay, great. Yeah. I kind of I <laughs> stuck it on you there. Yeah, is um, like, oh, is he okay? Is he okay? Yeah. No, but honestly, <laughs> go, guys, like, let me tell you something. God is real. And he mm-hmm. is in the business of revealing who he is in the world of football, outside the world of football. So this testimony you're going to hear is, is something that should stir your faith and really encourage you guys to see God for who he truly is. So, um, Benick, before you go into that, we want to know about your faith, where it started, how you became a Christian, um, just a bit of your background. So you can start right at the beginning if you want, before yeah. you're born. And yeah, so over uh, to you. It's, it is that story, but it's basically when I was, I think I was 13, I got told that story. So for me... Um, Yes, been blessed and lucky enough to be born into a Christian family. My mum, dad went to church before me and my siblings were born. But there comes a, a time in life when your mum can't be praying for you, your dad can't be praying for you, your sister or your brother or your cousin, whoever it is that brought you to the Lord is praying for you. Of course, they can still pray for you, but there comes a time when you're going to have to, you know, do it yourself and actually become a man of God, a woman of God, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, yes, I used to go to church as, as you do, um, five years old, six years old, Christmas, praying, your mum's telling you what to say, what to do, what God is, who God is. And I wasn't really trouble as a kid. So it wasn't like something drastic happened and then I had mm. to find God. It was just, I was just a normal kid that enjoyed football and enjoyed having fun and listening to his parents talk about God. But when I got to 13, my mum, it wasn't like she sat me down and was like, okay, listen, this is what happened. It was just actually in convo. And I think she was waiting for me to turn to an age where I would understand who God is and how powerful he is. He is. And she told me a story about actually when um, she was pregnant with me. <laughs> and she was 24, been in the country from Congo. They came from Congo in 1990. And this was 1992 slash 1993. So she'd only been in the country for two or three years. She was a cleaner. My dad was a uh, a painter, uh, uh, well, a, a builder slash painter, and um, she couldn't really speak the language. And she fell pregnant with me. She already had my sister, who was two and a half at the time. And as you do, she went for her scans, and the sonographer said that your son is yes, it's a boy, blah blah blah, but he's going to be born with a disability. He hasn't. His his legs are amputated, sort of level, you know. So. I didn't have any legs and my mum was like okay they were like she went for a scan again um a, a couple of days later because they went to see if it was wrong because back then it wasn't like the scans now you know with the four d's the three d's mm. and they just wanted to make sure that they got this right 
and she couldn't really speak English because she was a cleaner who'd only been in the country for two years. And they said to her in a second scan, yes, like he's, he's got no legs. And they said, we don't want to give you this, the, because they sort of started mentioning abortion just for the fact that she was a cleaner, she couldn't speak the language and she already had a child. And as soon as she heard the word abortion, she was like, no, 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 I'm going to go through the pregnancy. Mm. And they were looking at her like she's crazy because they were like, listen, you've got no money, you're going to have a disabled child. And they can't really force that sort of situation upon you, but they mm. usually didn't have any family. So they're trying to say to her, like, be wise about the situation. My mum, big believer, has the utmost faith. And um, she went home, she'd cry for, this was at three months, she'd cried basically for six months straight praying 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 my dad wasn't actually um tell her that my dad wasn't a strong believer at the time he believed in god and because his mm. wife you know was going to church he was going but he didn't have that you know the faith that i said about that you got to have for yourself not your yeah. wife praying for you not um your mom yeah. he didn't really have that relationship with god one day he was going to do a painting decorating job he got to the lights bear in mind he wasn't like all the he thought it was a bit of a fast you know like angels yeah. or hearing god speak all that stuff you know and he got to the lights and he said that he just saw a bright light in his face at the traffic lights. And in Lingala, which is Congolese, he said, I say in Congolese, Nana Salakabatu, meaning who makes people? And my mm. dad said, you. Not knowing what he's saying, he was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is not fake. This is not like a dream when you're sleeping. He's actually driving. And he said, and he said, be calm, your child's going to be fine. So, like in them films, like in some sort of rush hour film, mm. he's, he's done a U-turn, he's driving home, and um, he's gone to my mum, my mum's been sleeping on the floor. Imagine a pregnant lady, nowadays, they have pregnancy pillows, she's been sleeping on hard floor, and he's, he's banging the door, like, she's like, what's up, what's up? He said, listen, we're not having an abortion, um, our child's going to be fine. Long story short, labour comes, and... Um, <laughs> They sent a 17-year-old girl to deliver to deliver me. She was on work experience because they thought my mum was like a bit cuckoo. They thought like, like, what's this woman come as? Like she yeah. we've been telling her to have an abortion. She's been sleeping on the floor. She doesn't come in for her scans, you know, like no checkups. And then the, the girl that's done the work experience has delivered me and I'm I'm there with legs. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hey. Um as as my everyday life, you know, and they said they sent all the nurses to the ward and they, they were like on the floor to my mum. You know, my mum's obviously knackered. As yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, we're so sorry. Please don't sue us. Like, you know, like it's a disgrace. And my mum just looked at him and said, listen, you're all doing your job. It's none of your mm -hmm. fault. There's one thing. There's one thing you guys need. To, you guys need to know. I believe in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I knew that my child was going to be fine. And even when she wow. tells me that story, I'm like, "Are you? I, do you believe in God? Are you, are you crazy? Which one is it?" That's both. And I just started crying, and yeah. I thought to myself, "Is she making this up and that?" But like, it was massive. They they were like, they thought my, they were going to sue my mum was going to sue yeah. them for millions, and she could have, but it wasn't yeah. their fault because in the scans they were just doing their job. It's like mm. me telling you now, it's whatever time it is now. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's oh. it's a at the time it's mm. a fact. So um, she didn't sue them. She got, it was fine. I was in hospital for a day or two as, as you are. And I went home yeah. and um, there's actually a video. I might have to just show you one day, John. And um, there's a video that I've, I, I used to watch and she showed me at the time. And when my dad and my, my, my mom's friends came to the hospital, 
it, they put on top of like the bed that I was sleeping in, a star is born, you know, mm. but not because they thought I was going to be like some sort of celebrity, just because they thought that like, his kid must be a little bit special just for yeah. the fact that, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That yeah. It was a bit, it was a bit too weird, you know? So yeah. they put a star is born and my mum just used to say a star is born, a star is born. And do you know- um, when you told me that story, it was crazy. Sorry, I went on a bit long. Oh, <laughs> no, wow. that, that's fine, bro. Do you- that's wild, bro. You know, like, and you know, this is why God, God works powerfully. Powerfully, bro. They, they said you will have no legs. Mm-hmm. And what is the most important thing for what you do right now? Use my legs. Use your legs. Like, ah, you are like a walking that. miracle, Benny. That's actually you're, literally you're, a walking you're, miracle. You're a walking yeah. miracle. Like, and God gets the glory. So I encourage you guys, anyone watching this, believe God for miracles. Miracles. Don't, don't believe doctors' reports. Believe the report of, of the Lord because all uh, yeah. things are possible to him who believes. All things. All things. What bro. God cannot do does not exist. Look at this. Look at this. A certified bagsman out running defenders, <laughs> Megs and guys, Megs powerful, and... long, strong legs, no. shooting balls, basket. This is these legs are. Listen, this. If anyone's not encouraged by this, mm. rewind it and listen to that again because God is amazing, Amen. awesome, awesome, Benny, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, bro. Going, That's so, was it around that time, Benny, that you got? That, was it around thirteen that you decided to you wanted to know the Lord for yourself? Was it after basically, that? Before that? Basically. It was, it was that, you know, I just thought mm. to myself, wow, like, this God is actually doing stuff like that. He's not just mm. the God, God of the Bible doing, yes. like, burning bushes and all that stuff. And, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes it becomes a bit like, it's true, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that was then. That was yeah. then, but he's still doing that. Like, the same God that was back then is the same God now and the mm. same Amen. God that will be. Will be. Mm. And we sometimes forget that because we, what, we have, what people forget and don't realise is that God shows himself to us every single day if we want him to be in our lives, mm. you know? And you have to have that Holy Spirit to have that connection and relationship with him because if you haven't got it, you're finished, you know? I, I don't know mm. if he was going to ask me what's one of my favourite um, Bible verses, but for me, one of them is John 3, 3. Unless mm. a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You have to have mm. that relationship with him. You have to because... It doesn't matter if you're the nicest person in the world. And it's harsh because, you know, we've got people that we know, friends, whatever, Mm -hmm. family members who are Muslims, atheists, you know, Hindu, Jewish and that. But the harsh reality is if you haven't got that relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say, but it's the truth, yeah. isn't it, guys? It's God's word. Unless God's you're word. born again, you cannot see the kingdom you of can, God. This you is cannot, not. You might, or it's fifty. You cannot. Then yeah. that can and that not is in capital letters, and it's it's the harsh reality. It is the harsh reality. So mm. having that relationship is everything. Benek, like you're preaching, bro. You're preaching, bro. I'm so inspired. Yo, I'm so man. encouraged to hear this. Thanks, guys. Yo, I'm just sitting there, just like, just my heart is feeling full, but just like this is. That testimony is Appreciate that, man. powerful, powerful, powerful. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely powerful. I, I don't um, really know that story that much, you know. Mm, John, I'm honoured. First people to know that story. Well, oh, yeah. Thank you. The first time I ever told that story to you wow. was the first time we, we told anyone else. So, yeah. But you, but you know, guys, obviously, Benick and Benick sharing this, like, God reveals his power so that people could trust his character. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So mm. that, 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 that testimony... Like, although it happened in private, the workings of it is now celebrated in public 
Mm. Bennett scored goals for all these clubs. And when they're scoring goals, when, when the fans are, are jumping up and saying, yeah, Bennett scored, you don't realise the miracle that had to happen in mm. order for that. So listen, mm. God gets all the glory, Bennett. Oh, and you, are, you, you remain mm. so faithful, bro. And so that has stirred us, honestly. Thank you so much for sharing that. No, thank you. Man. Unbelievable, bro. Yeah. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And then from there, so you're 13. You you've 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 fully decided that like, I'm 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 diving in. Like I'm 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 letting it all go. And and Jesus, you are you are the one uh, to to guide me through. How has that shaped you as a footballer in your career, like going forward now? Because a, a lot of players could probably go through what you experienced being let go um, by Arsenal, being told to move clubs straight away after joining a Wolves and. And it, and it crushes them and it destroys them. But mm. how has how has Jesus helped you through your career and 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 guided you through that? In every way, shape, and form, mm. bro. Honestly, because a lot of things has happened, as you know. Uh, even just being at um, different clubs so many times, having to mm. move your family um, so many times, it can make you or break you. But just having God, you know, when you go in, the first question you asked me was. Do you um, set out a target at the beginning of the season? It's the same mm. thing, you know, like taking, praying about it, believing that this is God's plan for you. And then whatever mm. happens, so be it. Whatever happens, happens. But, you know, Exodus 14, 14, when he says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Mm. You can be you can be moving. You could be going to another teams. But when you get there, the, not the worrying part is knowing that he's God. And he's brought me there. He's accepted the team to let me go there or accepted me to accept to go there. And mm. my, my, my my heart is pure. I've gone there for right intention. I've gone there to mm. not like, oh, okay, I'm here now, whatever. I always train hard. I always try my best, at least. So whatever happens will happen. I used to ring up my parents um, when I'm not playing or oh, this, I'm not in the squad or I'm not starting today, blah, blah, blah. And I used to try and justify myself a lot. And ever since I stopped doing that, my, my actual performances have actually got better. Mm. And I've stayed fit. Mm. I've had two ACLs, so it's been tough as well with the injuries. Mm. But I just... It's like you don't care, but you care, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's just because you're not, John, when I was listening to your um, podcast last week, he was talking about how um, you used to always want to be the best player you could be. And then once you said, you know what, I'm just going to let go. And the shackles were off and he just said, you know what, I'm going to, God's first, you know, if you want me to stop football, I'll stop now for you in that. And that's when he was ready to continue your career. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way. It's the same way, just knowing that whatever you're doing, you're doing it firstly for God, because of God, even for God. Mm. And whatever happens, you give your best. Whatever happens, let it be. Mm. And so it has helped me in every single way. You know, mm. I don't, I've, I've had people asking, what are you going to be doing next season? Clubs um, mm. have been coming in for me, but, and I, I give that same interview answer, but I'm giving it for a different reason. So if, when I say I'm just concentrating on the next game, I'm not saying it because I, I know where I'm going, but I don't want to say because I want to mess up my relationship mm. with Mill fans. It's because I don't actually care, but mm. I care maximally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I know that God's going to be taking care of it. Yeah. Amen. And mm. I think now I've said it here, I might start saying that in the interviews because I don't really say that part, but mm. it's, it's my faith in this. You want the honest yeah. answer, and that's yeah. the honest answer. So... I've learned I'm going to be saying that now in my interviews. Yeah, no, I, I feel you, but especially when you said about just letting it, you want to be your best, but letting that go. Because I remember when I was at uni, I did film at uni, and mm -hmm. I had this, this thing of doing, being, becoming the best director the world has ever seen, and, and getting, becoming the youngest 
person to win an Oscar and all these things. And as time get on, got on, like I felt it weighing me down, weighing me down, weighing yeah. me down. And it got to a point where it's just like, I, I, I knew God was showing me like that. That's you. You're, you're aiming for man's accolades. Mm. You're, you're aiming for man's praise. Like let that mm-hmm. go, and then the weight co- will come off. And then yeah, one day I remember just like just letting it go and be like, I, right, I don't need it. It's not what mm-hmm. I need. It doesn't define yeah. me as a person. Hundred percent. And as soon as I did that, the weight came off. Like people, the, the, the song "Cast Your Burdens Onto Jesus" for He Cares For You is 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 proper. You know, like proper, cast bro. that burden, and you'll feel you'll feel light. You'll feel you'll trade the yokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, people, listen to what Benick is saying. Let go of the pressures that you put on yourself. It's true because sometimes we we, we just think it's happening to us. It might be happening to you. It mm. might be happening to you. It might be happening to me. Yeah. But everything that's written in the Bible is from the beginning of time. So this mm. is everyday stuff that people before us and after us have been feeling, and mm. all the answers are in the book. Amen. All the mm. answers are there. Whether you think it might not be there, it is there. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You can read the yeah. same scripture five times and get diff- five different meanings. Living word, mm. living word. It's so scary. Like there's all this te- new technology. There's different stuff that's happened. There's been a slave trade. There's been world wars. All that stuff. But if you read the Bible, how can every single thing that you are going through in your life, like, mm. be exactly the same for everyone else in the last two thousand years? It's, it's quite scary mm. when you think about it. How can that? Do you know what I'm trying to say? So, um life has changed. The world has changed, but the word has never changed. The mm. word has been mm. the same, bro. Preach, Ben Nick. <laughs> Look at that, guys. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. If you're watching this and you've not built your life upon the word of God, I just want to encourage you guys, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Honestly, there was a time when you see this kind of podcast, we're hearing about the Bible and these things. Mm. It would have been foolishness to me. I was like, nah, man, give <laughs> me what I want. Give me bundle that. Give me what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me just encourage people watching this. When you live for yourself, and you are at the center of your own solar system, it's empty. Mm-hmm. And you're carrying burdens and carrying weights that you were never designed to carry. And that's why in life, we we, we experience things like depression and mm-hmm. loss of identity because you're missing it. You're missing it. I remember one analogy. I'm sitting on the chair right now. Um, and anyone, as men, I'm sure you've been to Ikea before, yeah? Now, if you try and build an Ikea chair without <laughs> the manual, You'll get far, but you might miss one little screw and the whole thing will crumble. Likewise, yeah. God's given us his manual for life. And some of us, you want to build, you want to try and create stuff that we can put our weight on, like chairs, for example. And if you're not building it according to God's word, you're missing the the, the designer's plans. And so mm. you're, you're listening to a guy here tonight who's not perfect like any of us, but he's decided to build his life upon a solid foundation that will, is unshaken. Football will change. His, you know, his boots will change, his stats will change, but the word of God, Jesus Christ, will, will remain the same. Awesome, man. Wow. God is flowing. Holy Spirit's here. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, honestly, honestly, man, honestly. So, yeah, God and Jesus, Holy Spirit, three in one, has been with you into uh, throughout your entire career, and he's still going to be with you until when it ends and, and so on. But the question I've got for you is like, you kind of touched on it already as well. Like, what has it been like adapting to so many different teams? And it's there's, there's obviously been um ones locally that in, in London that you've been local to, you've been you've been to the further ends of, of the UK, you've been to Turkey, so you've been to so many different clubs in so many different areas uh of, of Europe. What has that 
what is that like trying to adapt to all of that um, as a as as a player? Mate, I'm, <laughs> if I'm honest, I feel embarrassed saying this, but it's exactly like John. I listen to John's podcast, yeah. and John and I are quite similar in the sense of if you have a friend, you could be Nigerian, you could be Scottish, you mm. could be Australian, you will say something that is to make them comf- to feel comfortable. Whatever you know in their mm. language or the way they speak the accent, you say it to make yeah. them feel comfortable because we're genuinely nice people. Like, like Christian apart, like we're still quite bubbly and friendly people. Yeah. Like me and John, we like to interact with people. So me adapting to different cultures, different teams, different food, it was, it was quite easy. You know, so yeah. everyone's like, oh, you went to Turkey for a year. What was it like? Normal. <laughs> I've got so many different <laughs> friends. I go to a church where there's so many different countries, mm. languages. It, it was it was a good experience. We can talk about the experience of being different places. But mm. was, none, I don't think ever, wherever I've ever gone has been hard. You yeah. know, but um, obviously being in Turkey during COVID was tough, you know, because mm. little things like uh, the manager that took me there got sacked. So it wasn't yeah. as easy. Like I wasn't playing as much as I would have liked um, COVID. So mm. um, didn't really experience the fans, you know, the hostility that John was talking about, you know, <laughs> the stadium. I was, I was yeah. listening. That, I was listening to that last week thinking, ah, John, man, that's one thing you've got. Oh, so me. you went there in COVID time? Was it COVID? Was it, was yeah, it COVID? yeah, it's during oh, COVID. Benick. That's what I'm trying to Honestly, say. Honestly, some of the best fans in world football, bro. That's what I'm trying to Turkish say. But fans. I, I played in Fun. Turkey, but I didn't experience it. So got you. I wanted, to, I wanted to hear and the flames and the yeah. like, all this stuff. I didn't hear that, man. I didn't see it. So that's, that's a shame, man. There was no one there. It was like playing yeah. in the training pitch. You know what I'm trying to say? So mm. that was, uh, it wasn't tough. It was just mm. a bit disappointing that I missed something out of it. But it was a good experience, you know. Um, it was hot for, I think, probably nine months of the, of the year. Um, training mm. in the evenings, it was completely different to what we what I've been used to, being an English English boy and mm. uh, always playing in England. So Bro, it's complete. I've heard you say in an interview once, it's the, it feels like the most African place in Europe. <laughs> Oh, 100% you know. <laughs> it, was, it was more like playing for Congo national team than playing oh for my team gosh. in England, bro. You were probably yeah, speaking Lingala in Turkish at the same time. <laughs> no, honestly, Turkey is an incredible place. You have yeah. to go there to experience it because yeah. it's just, I mean, players who've, who've been there, like, we get paid every month normally, like, if you do a normal job. And a lot of players, mm. have, or, from my experience, yeah. I didn't see one salary in four months. Mm. Like, yeah, no, no, it's coming it's coming yeah. i'm like okay trust me tomorrow it will be there tomorrow oh, yeah. to my bank account you know you, you do the refresh and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then for the first time ever you put on the notifications for for the bank app you're like oh, oh my when gosh. it dings it, oh, it man. should come through but no it's an incredible place it's an incredible place yeah it is no that, that's amazing it's a shame you um you didn't get experience fans. I saw one time during COVID, there was playing, I, I, I assume, I, I think it was Turkey. I, I vividly remember this. The fans climbed upon the roof of the stadium, waving the flares. I just <laughs> like, these guys are mad. These guys are mad. Very crazy. They are crazy, man. They're very passionate. Like, you know, being English and following League One, League Two, Championship, mm. Premier League, um, you think that England's the only country that like, oh yeah, you fans, uh, Twitter this, Twitter that, oh, come on you. Mm. But, mate, Turkey, it's, it's definitely up there in Europe as passionate yeah. fans as, as they come, you know, so to have not experienced that, it, it was something that I've missed probably. It's not a regret because I couldn't do anything yeah. about it, but it's something that I wished I, I experienced for sure. 
what would it look like, guys, if we as Christians were as passionate for Jesus as the Turkish fans are for their clubs? It's true. It's true. I say this to my, I do say that to my mum and dad a lot. It's crazy that you actually said that because, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a footballer. We have our fans um, who they might see you in, in in a restaurant and they, you know, or whatever, or like just a picture, whatever club it is in, the, in, in England or around the world. And you think, you see how the feeling that we give them, mm. yeah, as you said, mm. like being a Christian, like the way they idolize us, which is not good at all, you know, mm. to be honest, imagine if we idolized Jesus with that same passion mm, come on. that these guys do, where would we be? You know, and on, sometimes that is, uh, listen, you shouldn't have any regrets, but sometimes, you know, I do regret, um, I'm being honest here, with, um, you know, sometimes as it is, you know, oh, I'll do this later, or oh, it's fine, or or like letting someone say something about you and not like picking up on it, and then they start saying it and it becomes something that's quite normal. And these mm. things I do regret, but, you know, right now, I'm very, very focused. Mm, um, yeah. I have the best discipline I've had for many years, um, enjoying my family life, um, football's going great. And don't get me wrong, you, got, you know, you're going to have your, no one's perfect. You're going to have your ups mm. and downs in life, you know, even with your moods. But um, I feel like I'm in a very good place and I just want the people that are going to be watching this to experience what I'm feeling inside. Forget about the external stuff, just internally. The way I feel right now, um, the fire that's in in my soul is it's the best mm. feeling in the world. Come on, you know it is the best feeling in the world, and just I could I could cry talking about it. That's how passionate yeah. I am about it right now. You know, and some people might think, oh, you're you're cringy, or oh, is, is it that deep? Yes, it is that yeah. deep. <laughs> it is everything. <laughs> it is everything. Mm. It is honestly everything. And I just, I just, you know, what you're doing here, John and KJ, is I've got so much respect and love for both of you guys, and I just feel like this is one of the best things I've ever seen because this stuff doesn't happen and it should be happening. And there's enough footballers in the world to be able to take this on board and to, in everyday lives, you're going to retire. There's going to be better players than us. Like mm. you said, John, you're going to be better footballers than us. There's going to be people that are going to have more money than us, but the passion for God has to be there and your life will mm. be fulfilled. And you can't get that fulfillment without the word of God. You can't. Amen, mm. Amen Bennett, bro. I'm just thinking, bro. Imagine us, Bennett, when we were 16, 17 years old, yeah. If we could watch this video of, of players who are, are played in the in the game mm -hmm. and we look up to talking about Jesus like this, you know. So yeah. Bennett, I mean, it's um it's been it's, it's it's been widely, you know, reported your story about the loss of your um the tragic loss of your daughter, Amora. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm, I've seen you answer these questions many times. Um and just from the I mean, I remember when I heard the news, bro. I mean, I'm a I'm a, I'm a daddy now as well. I just fell to my knees, bro, mm -hmm. knowing that I couldn't touch you. I couldn't be with you, but I knew that it's only the Lord who can comfort in, in times like that. And I've heard you answer, and I've heard you answer the question many times about what it's been like, etc. And I, I've heard you answer it so amazingly. And just to see your strength, I know where it comes from. We know where it comes from. You've been an absolute example, bro. Not just to footballers, but to parents out there who have lost their children. But Thank I just want to ask you, Bennett, like on a on a on a completely honest um, tip. There are many people who, who who are watching this that when stuff don't go well, they start to doubt God. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, through that grieving process of, of you losing your, your wonderful daughter, did you doubt God? How did that play out 
in terms of mm. your spirit, your, your your spirit and your mind? Well, no one's ever asked me that question, so fair play. <laughs> um, the honest truth, I didn't doubt God. Never doubted God, but my, you know what? You could call it God, I'm um, doubting, sorry, because I did say, why me? Why us? Mm. So I didn't doubt God in the sense of, um, are you real if you're doing this, blah, blah, blah. Not that level, but there was still a doubt in the sense of like, why us, you know? It wasn't just like, oh, let your will be done. That would probably mm. be the perfect answer. Disappointing, we're crying, we're grieving. Let your will be done. It wasn't that easy, you know. Mm. To it was, it was, it was just shocking. It was shocking at the time. It still is. And um, I've been blessed enough to have unbelievable people around me, friends, family, and the most important thing of all, Jesus Christ. You know, living inside mm. me. And my faith never went. Uh, don't get me wrong. My head was gone. Um, mm. You know, I couldn't mm. focus. Blah blah blah. But I just knew that. In my head, I was kind of, what's done is done. My prayers were, Lord, I want to fast forward three years or two years just for the grieving stage mm. to start coming down and to not be yeah. like straight bang on, you know. You go into petrol station, sorry for your loss. It's been on Sky Sports News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, um, I was injured at the time. I was doing my rehab. You know, I'm doing leg extensions on my knee. I'm crying in front of my physio, you mm. know. So I wanted that stage to go. That stage was more important because what's done is done. You know, it's done. It's done. But it was just so tough. You know, sometimes my daughter, I mean, my other daughter, who's three years old now, um, she's there playing. She was one at the time. And I'm trying to keep a straight face because I don't want her to have the energy of negative energy of seeing her mummy and daddy and her her aunties, whatever, crying. And mm. that, that was probably the toughest of them all, doing stuff mm. like that, you know, putting on a brave face in front of my young, my, my young daughter at the time just so she doesn't have that negative energy because at the end of the day, it's the the, the, the most horrible thing that can happen to a, a parent, but I had another child who was at a stage where she didn't understand. So mm. you can't be selfish and just mope about mope around. Mm. You, 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 you can't be, you know, you have to pray on it every single day, every mm. hour and um, thank the Lord that he's given me two more sons since. Mm. And, um, we think about her every single day, you know, we, we pray. And I know that her being two years old at the time is only one place she's going. Oh, absolutely. At the end yeah. of the day, absolutely. At the end of the day, like we were saying in um, other conversations we've had, you could have all the money mm. in the world. You can have blah, blah, blah. The same for her. You know, you could be, she could have been the greatest person in the world, but I know, you know, the Lord, our Lord and Savior mm. loves children. She was oh. innocent. She was pure and she's in a better place, you know, as you know, when people pass away, you hear people say, oh, they're in a better place. You know, they found peace or rest in peace. But I'm going to be real with you guys. That's probably not the case sometimes, most of the time. You know, yeah. it's the yeah. harsh reality. Yeah. You know, you hear, you see someone that's been stabbed in gangs in South London and they're saying, rest in peace, you're in a better place. But are they? Yeah. Listen, yeah. We're, not, we're, not, yeah. we're not the people to judge here. You can't, yeah. But sometimes if it's there, you can clearly see that they weren't living right. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so mm. me knowing that about my daughter being so young, she was so pure that million percent she's in a good place. And that mm. makes my heart at rest and my wife's heart at rest. Knowing yeah. that sometimes I look at my wife and we're crying or whatever. And I'm like, she's in a better place though. We're like, yeah. Then like yeah. all of a sudden tears start drying up a little bit because yeah. we, I genuinely know this world is not the mm. end. And, do you know what I mean? This yeah. is the end. We know that for a fact. We know that 
and knowing that she was just so pure and she's in a better place. Yes, we miss her. I miss her every single day. I'm driving to the hotel now, missing her. Playing the game, you know, I scored John the other day, my celebration, looking mm. to the heavens, obviously to my Lord and Saviour, but also I carry my daughter close yeah. um, mm. with me every single day, you know. So, um, and I see, I see, I see my, my first son, he looks exactly like Amor, wow. you know, mm. and his middle name is actually Amor. So Andrix Amore mm. is um, the spitting image of her. And it's nice because I lost my first daughter and then I had my daughter, my second daughter, Alba. And then I've had two, I've had two more. And in a way, I'm happy that they haven't been a girl. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Listen, if God mm. gave us any child. Yeah, of course. But for me personally, you know, I, I can't help it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, um, it's not a girl because... Yeah. I didn't want her to be a replacement because my other daughter was already here and mm. uh, we've decided that that is going to be um, our family mm. for now. You know, yeah. whatever happens after, what happens, but at the moment we're just happy with how we are and mm. let's praise God that he gave us the strength to carry on our family and um, she lives very closely with us and mm. it's been tough, but I've had good support and it's, it's, it's ongoing all the time, isn't it? You know, having mm. that, when you get them doubts and stuff, you just have to remember mm. the reason um, is something that we'll never know. But one thing that we do know is that Jesus is the truth. You know, he's the life and my daughter is in heaven. So hallelujah. Happy days. Mm-hmm. Oh, glory to God, man. Thank you. Bro, you have, you're such an inspiration, Ben, you and, and obviously your wife. Thank you, guys. You guys are such a, 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 an example, you know, and I'm just reminded of this scripture that weeping may enjoy, it may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. And anyone watching this, just realize that sometimes people think when you come to know Jesus, your life's just going to be a bed of roses. Mm. But Jesus actually said, he said, in this world, you have much tribulation, but take heart for I've overcome the world. Amen. And you have to realize, guys, that yes, the sea might be really stormy, really stormy at the point where you feel like you're drowning. But if Jesus is in your boat, you're going to come through, mm. you know. Amen. And so Benick is an example of someone who has Jesus in his boat. And although the storm has been so treacherous, you know, there is plain sailing because Christ is steering the ship. So, bro, thank you so much for sharing that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible what you've been through. And um, the way you are able to articulate and share it, you are inspiring all, 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 all who hear, bro. You know, so. Um, thank you. Nah, that's awesome. Thanks for listening to it. Nah, any time man any time like john said yeah the energy as well about it it's, it's very refreshing um and i hope that um many people can be inspired and and also go through that process um that you have as well uh, to get to that point um because I've, i haven't got any children yet i i hope so and i pray for them and i pray they're all healthy but um i i cannot imagine what it must feel like um both of you being fathers like even the thought of it must must be so daunting and, and scary but you're able to come in and and with your head held high and strong um i hope many people can get comfort in that and and find peace in in if they're going through a similar situation of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah man powerful powerful story uh, but, i'm but still here but, this, uh, this, uh, no, but that's but that's how that listen people have to realize this like like god like he mm. the bible says his power is made perfect in our weakness mm. it's not made perfect in our strength we were yeah. strong going through life Trust me, weakness is painful, man. Like, I'm, we're going for a situation in our family. And I think, God, like, why us? 
then I have to flip it and think, well, why not us? We've got yeah. you. Like, do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. And the people out there that don't have him, how how must they be going through it? But um, nah, man, Benick, thank you so much for sharing that, bro. Mm. I want to just rewind back to some of the earlier days. So me and Benick played together for England. And I just want to remind you, Benick, of something you might have forgot. So we're the teammate. <laughs> and me and Benick were in a room in England. Might have been England of 17s, I, it I was believe. In Hungary. And, um, yeah, yes, that's the place. <laughs> and so we were in, in our room, yeah, talking about the things of God. I think we were reading the Bible, praying. And one of our teammates, Michael and Gru, came that, that <laughs> evening. Came into our room, started asking us questions. And so me and Benick were there, sharing the gospel, praying, praying for him. The Holy Spirit just, just lights up the room. <laughs> Our teammate Michael starts praying in tongues for the first time. Starts yeah. praying, yes, and he's fr- and he's fresh, like he doesn't fresh, really bro. know much about it. I think there's maybe a Christian background or understanding, yeah. but th- there was no real revelation yeah. Jesus Christ yeah. was. And so um, that blew that absolutely blew me away. I was thinking, wow, Lord. At the earliest stages, I realized that now nah, God's passionate about football. He wants to infiltrate mm-hmm. this game from the inside out, mm-hmm. and so. Playing with Bennett, man, we, we we got so much in common. Jogo Benito, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so much there. <laughs> do you, but, um, do you the song we used to sing? Which one? Which one? You know what I mean? you? Yeah, go for it. I can see your halo. Oh, hey, <laughs> hello, hey. That was our tune back then, man. That oh, tune, we used that to sing that every day then. <laughs> big tune, big up, big up Queen B out there. Um, <laughs> you, need to, you need to do a full rendition uh, at some point, guys. Like, nah, we need I've to see a ball as we got. We've we, we played for so many clubs, man. We oh, have to do so man. many, um, what's uh, it called? Uh, initiations. initiations, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, Benick was actually one of the first brothers ever to join Ballers in God. Mm-hmm. Um, we started in 2015. And I look back at the, the, the list of the names we had on the first meeting. And you were there. Benick, mm-hmm. well, obviously, I know you've got history going back with Ballers in God. And I know you've gone on to, you know, continue to grow in your faith. Like, what, what's it been like for you? Like, Especially in those stages, being around believers in the game. Like when when uh, Boris and God first started, and it was literally the first time that I spoke to John about it. It was like this. It was like three of us or four of us, mm. and then obviously a lot of things happened where I had the children, and then obviously there for my daughter, and the timings and stuff was a bit tougher for me. So then, all of a sudden, literally. Little by little, it was going like this, like this, like this. And to see where um, Ballers in God is now is incredible. Because like John said, it was just a dream to help. Because when 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 um, John first um, decided this is going to be something that he really wants to take seriously, it was a case of if I help one or two people, then I'm happy. Mm. It wasn't because he wanted to be some sort of um, Pastor John or for people to be like, ah, oh, um, blah, 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 or t- to get money from it. It was nothing like yeah. that. It was literally, if I could help one person, this is what John used to say to me, if I can help one person get closer to God, I'm happy. I'll take that. That was the actual goal for Ballers in God, mm. you know? So to see different um, um, podcasts and, I mean, different people doing the podcast, different languages, to the point mm. where I'm hearing there's a Dutch one, there's an English one, there's a French one. It's incredible. It is in, is I'm talking about about it with so much passion because it's just something that I never imagined it would get to. Not because I didn't believe in it, just because that wasn't even the, the genuine mm-hmm. plan. But God really, really took hold of it, and it's incredible. And I'm honestly, I'm very honoured to have been one of the first people to be in Borders and God mm-hmm. because where it's going, there's no limit for this, and it's 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 great, you know, because. Um, 
every every club's different. Every player's different. So some players, there might be five or six believers. And then there's someone that might be stuck in Russia and he's the only person that believes in mm. God. So have that relationship with all the players that are in Ballers and God, obviously. Um, different times, different countries, different skin colour, you know, different backgrounds. It's incredible because, like John said, when two or more gathered, the Lord is with us, you know, and iron, sharp, um, iron sharpens iron. iron. So the more that we speak to people that can relate to you, you know, you might be different positions, but we're still doing the same job. And to relate the same situations that's happening, the politics side of things, different yeah. managers, your teammates doing this or doing that. Mm. Um, even And it's not even just about teams, you know. It's not, Ballers and God is not just about how it is in the change rooms. It's also, like you said, John, I heard you speaking yesterday. I mean, um, when you was talking uh, on the podcast last week, saying that you rang somebody and you said, how are you? And they start talking about football. And you said, no, 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 no. Ballers in God, yes, it is ballers in God, but it's not mm. um, the baller talk about you know talk about football and then god yes yeah. you being a baller but you in mm. god you know yes. so, yeah so, um, i think i've confused myself there but you no, know. No, it's <laughs> no 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 it's true man it's true yeah, more so, than players um, yeah. yeah that's why that's why i really like it because it's we, we can talk about football but then after that we just go away from that and talk about yeah. our relationship with god mm. by you being a baller so um mm. it's great it's been great yeah, and, and and for me, just like someone is on the outside looking in, like it, I I feel so just happy for you guys and have joy for for you guys because like looking on the outside, it can feel football can look like an isolated place. Like mm-hmm. when you you you're you're moving, you're in a team of twenty to thirty people, and then you you can move here one play one year, and next thing you know, you're in a different place one uh, in another year. And it's just like that that consistency, where is it? And having God is that one consistent as all, but having other people around you, again, in similar circumstances uh, uh, with you as well, is yeah. just so powerful and key. And, and, and I'm excited for everyone in, uh, involved in Borders and Garden who will be, because I knew, I know it was like growing up and being one of the only Christians in school. Mm-hmm. It took me going to a youth group to feel that connection with the side of me that, really and true that I've always wanted yeah. to grow and, and and be a part of. And I I want people to see KJ, Christian, videographer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, to cultivate that, having a network of people in your circle, in around you, building you up and you building them up, like I say, Arvin Shepardon, is, is so key. So Borders and God, the amazing, I, I tell John all the time, amazing, amazing uh, platform and it can only go from uh, strength to strength. Um, I truly Amen. believe that. Amen. I truly believe that. But yeah, talking about football though, hmm, there's a certain game that nearly all footballers play and fans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a FIFA. You know what I mean? It comes, it comes out every year. And for some reason, every time I'm like, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm not gonna buy it. You always do, and I always do. Like it always do. Sometimes. KJ is definitely one of these people who puts money in Ultimate Team. No, 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 no. You are KJ. You are none of that. None of that. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. There are ways to get everything you want in FIFA for free. People don't spend more than you have to. Don't spend more than you have to. But Ultimate Team is where we're heading to now. And he's a banger, <laughs> and he's nothing but sweaty goals as well. I know you cage it in players, bro. Well, listen, right, we'll play FIFA one time and then we'll, we'll see if that verdict is true in it. Um, but yeah, we're going into all my team. And uh, Benick, we have your player card here. Oh, gosh, 
<laughs> we have your player card right here. It's in the corner here right now. Here it is. Look at my face. <laughs> you're man, I look about walk 20, though. Yeah, you look young, man. Oh, you're young looking fresh. Yeah, listen, looking fresh, man. Looking fresh. Looking fresh. How how do you feel? Like, do you think EA has done you dirty here with, with, with the stats and, and... Every footballer says they've done them dirty, but come on, man. <laughs> I said the same thing last Come week. on. I don't want to sound big time or anything, so I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to say, come on, man. So, so, so Bennett, yeah, I've heard that there were some tests recorded in England of players in terms of sprints and speed. And I've heard you're right out there. And so how do you feel about 72 pace as a striker? Because that's the first thing people look for when they're looking for a striker on ultimate team. What do you think you're at? What do you think you're at? What, what you think you're FIFA at? basically said I'm a has-been. That's what they said. Oh, <laughs> no, no. 72. I'm easily, easily 85. Easily. I was going to say 85. Oi, easily. Oi, 85. Easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. You know? Rock up, rock. And <sighs> physicality, come on. I'm like a young Yakubu, bro. <laughs> hey, feed the yak. KJ, I heard you talking about pay some PM. Was it PMP last week? PMP, bro. PMP, bro. My PMP there, pace and physicality, 72, 72. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Wait, now, I, I feel like the, the dribbling is the disrespectful part. I watched the goal where you chest down and a little dink into for the nutmeg and finish. Come on. 66. Bro. 66. Passing, they're trying to say my passing ratio is like 55%. <laughs> it's 50-50 when you make a pass, bro. <laughs> oh, anyway. Listen, I, the, the, for you me... The, is, yeah, I've the, had a few injuries, man, so I'm going to... Let's blame the injuries and just yeah. you know, not being at one club. That's why they're just thinking, ah, you know what, it's a bit of a journey, man. But yeah. I believe in myself. And at the end of the day, when you're playing well, it doesn't matter what them results are or whatever yeah. them, what they give there. You know what I'm trying to say? So Absolutely. I'm playing my best football I have been for the last four or five years, you know, I've got my rhythm again. So mm. to me, stats is, like you said, John, you know, like everyone says this goals or assists or your FIFA cards and stuff like that. But when you're enjoying and playing with a smile on your face and your teammates believe in you, your manager believes mm. in you, the fans are enjoying how you're performing, your family are happy. Listen, no better feeling, you know. So Absolutely. I'm at that stage right now. So long may it continue, praise God. Brilliant, bro. Amen. That's it, man. You know, KJ, us coming up as young players, we've we projected to have amazing futures. When you try and chase that, you can mm. lose the joy of playing football. Mm. Yeah. And to hear Ben again, obviously, as he's speaking, I can. It's like I want to say amen a hundred times because you yeah. get lost. So to hear what he's saying there, you could he could have a ninety-nine FIFA card in real life or whatnot. But that what he's talking about is something that mm. I don't you don't have. You can't. Do you know what I mean? So mm. no, that's awesome, bro. My question, bro. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Um, I've got this question here and then we'll go into some real uh, short fire quick questions. Yeah, cool. Benny, I need your ultimate um, five-a-side team in history. Mm. Mm. So give it to I me. Need... You don't even give me 11 aside. No, no, nah, no. Nah, nah, five-a-side five. oh, wow. and I'll give you one sub Ooh. to bring on. So, mm. okay. Um, five-a-side, yeah. So mm. I've got to put a keeper in there somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. You, if you want. I, if I was you wish, about it last if you week, wish. if you want to put, you know, but go I for want it. to play one, one, two, and a keeper. Oh, okay. So not even Attack like him. a diamond. I'm playing one, one, two straight. Yeah. Like a bit to the left, a bit to the right. Yeah. And then 
use two up front because you just got a free roll, all right? Yeah. All right, keeper, I'm going to have to say Neuer. Just, nice. he's endorphin, can't he? Bro, he can play up top if I wanted to. <laughs> you know, he could play centre mid. He's tall, strong, good with his feet. No one's scoring past him in the five side, you know, smaller goals mm. than that. Nah, Neuer. Centre half, um, it's easy for me to say the Franz Beckenbauer's or Bobby Moore, but I didn't grow up seeing them. Do you know what I'm trying to mm. say? That's just what you hear from people. But yeah. visually, what I've seen, I'd say, oh, hey, it's actually tough, you know. There's been hey, a few. Hey. I'm going to say Real Ferdinand. Do you know why? Do you know why? Yes. I could say a Vidic, I could say a Maldini or or someone like that. But you see Ferdinand, yeah? If I have a side, I need some tech at the back. Tech. I need some mm. tech. I need centre-backs that's going like, to do a little Cruyff and then play, you know? Not just them hook, them channel balls, <laughs> you know? So, real Ferdinand, quick. He had the PMP, KJ. Royal's voice of a centre-back, my guy, real. As you can tell, I'm a United fan, isn't it? Like, so, he's, Ferdinand, I say, And then, in that midfield, I'm going to have to say... Oh man, this is gonna be really attacking, man. John, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna say Zidane. I know it was either Ronaldinho or Zidane, and I know you love Ronaldinho. It's all on you, bro. I'm saying Zizou, bro. I used to watch Real Madrid every Saturday night, 4:04. You know when Beckham was playing at the time, and Zizou. I'm not even a midfielder, bro, but Zidane, the way he used to play, just enjoyable. So I'm gonna put him in that deep line in midfield, and then up front. I would love to say Thierry Henry, but I'm not going to say Henry, of course, you know, because this is not big spaces. This is all tight five a side. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say R9, big Ronaldo. Ooh, in his Up prime front. as well. In his prime. In his prime. And, oh gosh, I've messed up here, I think. So just for the record, Messi, we've, got, Messi, we, Messi. We, we've got Neuer, we've got Rio. 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 We've got Zidane, R9. And the last one? Messi. Messi. Just, are you Team Messi or Team Ronaldo? Oh, Ronaldo all day. <laughs> Only, no, no, no. You know why? You know why I like Ronaldo? And five aside, Messi is better than him. Yeah. Messi is better than him. But the reason why I'm Ronaldo is just because of his pure work rate and discipline, bro. Sure. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a thinker. You know, I said to you before, I like the motivational side of things. I like mm-hmm. the psychological side of things. And, don't get me wrong, Messi's worked hard. Everyone just says, oh, Messi's just pure talent. You know people that say that? No, Messi's just talent. Ronaldo's work. It's not. Messi has had to work hard, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah facts. You know, the, to have that consistency of staying fit, forget about even just the accolades and the goals and assists, just to stay fit and to be motivated for 15 years in a row, you know? And it's not easy. John, you've had your injuries. I've had my injuries. To be that fit 15 years, that's nothing to do with how good he's at football. That's the discipline, you know? But Ronaldo, just for the fact that he's a bit of an all-rounder, you know, he's mm. gone to different leagues. Um, you know, he he's he's a showman. He's a show like he showboats and he's got his celebration. He likes mm. you know the the nice things in life. And when you're like that, people are ready to pounce on you if you don't play well. But he doesn't care. He's like he puts more pressure on himself. Mm. But he keeps delivering. Mm. And to do that in different leagues and at his age and just to be on the same level as Messi. And Messi to have more talent than him, but him to keep up, I just have to give it to him. Mm. You know, I just think to myself, fair play. But I'll be honest, Messi's better at football. <laughs> <laughs> and Bennett, you've got one, you've got one sub space for one sub, bro. Ah, uh, Diego. 
Maradona. Uh, Maradona. Hey, 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 I see that. I see you that, gotta that, have him that. there, innit? He's, he's a baller. Oh, yeah. Ultimate five side team. There you go, people. Benek ultimate five side man. That is tasty. a tasty team. Tasty, really tasty, tasty team. Oh, it. man. We would love to see that. Yeah. Right. So, Benek, what we, go what for, we go did, for, go yeah, what we did is we announced, like a signing, mm-hmm. we announced you in it, saying that you're coming on. Okay. So we got some of the some of the fans to to put their questions in to you. So we're gonna do some quick fire uh, fan questions. Um, I'm ready. Thank you to everyone who put a question in. We couldn't pick them all, but I'm pretty sure we can go back see them and and we'll we'll, we'll put them in an, a podcast here, there, and everywhere. So thank you again for everyone who put in their their questions. Question number one. This one this one's an interesting one actually. How do you deal with inconsistency in games slash training? Oh, I've never mm. been asked that before. How do I deal with it? I just think trying to do the right things. Um, mm. Keep doing the right things, you know? Like, for example, inconsistency. So, as a forward, um, you score one game, you don't score another game. You score, you don't score for three games. I just feel like, you know, when you start doing too much, when you start going, you know what? I need to get a bag of balls and start doing finishing. Or I need to mm. sleep two hours earlier because it's match day. Or I need to drink more water than I do. When you start doing stuff like that, I think it's actually worse. It's worse, honestly. I, I, I'm living proof of it. When I start doing too much, it's worse. Just keep keep doing the right things and then the consistency will eventually come. Nice, nice, nice. Um, question number two. What is the greatest stadium you've played in and why? As an Arsenal, I've got to say Emirates, isn't it? But, <laughs> nah, the honest truth, Old Trafford, man. As a kid, watching Man United. Um, are you a Man United fan? Yeah, 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 Man United fan. But that's why I was riding out for Rio, bro. To play at Old Trafford is watching Man United win so many uh, Premier Leagues, uh, Premiership at the time, and then to actually be there in the Premier League playing in front of 70,000, I thought to myself, wow, I used to dream about this, you know? So I think Old Trafford, and we had a good result as well. We drew 1 1 when I was at Bournemouth away. Yeah, so I, was I, I remember that. I was not. <laughs> I was not. Here we go. Oh, here's a nice one. Which striker did you model your game off and who should younger players, younger strikers model their game off now? I think I never modelled my game on any striker, but I played coming from Arsenal and he was probably the best striker in the world at the time, Thierry Henry, of course. Mm. He was he was that guy in there. He could do everything. He was quick, he was strong, he could assist, um, dribble, finish, free kick penalties. He could do it all. Take corners. Have you ever seen this? Well, I was going to say, have you ever seen a six foot two guy taking corners? But John does. <laughs> Maybe just John and But um, yeah, he could do everything. So I'd say Henri. And what was the second question? The Sorry. second part of that question was, um, so what uh, What player now would you say young strikers should like base their game off, study and be like, apart actually, that's from, a striker. Apart from Benekophobia. Yeah, apart from <laughs> Benekophobia. Um, yeah, who do you reckon is a good uh, striker to analyse for young strikers? I think it depends what kind of striker you are, mm. you know, because if you're uh, uh, a target man, sort of like a Peter Crouchy sort of striker, you're not going to start watching... Uh, Aguero, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Because <laughs> Aguero is obviously a, a good poacher. But that's the problem, yeah. Billy. A lot of people, that they, 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 let's say they're a basic player. They watch Neymar. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of people <laughs> do that. It's easy to be Neymar, bro. They shouldn't, they shouldn't do it. Stay in your lane, guys. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane, bro. you got to be, you know what I'm trying to say? I don't want to start naming some players because I, I, I might play with them in the future. You know? <laughs> but you've got to kind of model 
if you want to model yourself on a striker, you have to look at your frame. Mm. You've got to look at what kind of height you are. What's your Quality. best attributes? Yeah. If you're quick and strong, mm. if you're going to go for the pace and power, I'll look at the likes of Holland, mm. Lukaku. You know, he's big, he's quick, he's strong. How does he use his body? Um, he's a bully. Them mm. kind of strikers. If you're going to be like a striker that's not that quick, but you're clever and you're a good finisher and you're phys- you're still quite physical, Harry Kane, Lewandowski, you know, mm. they go into the same sort of... So them two, I'd say Lukaku, Haaland, then I'll say the Harry Kane, Lewandowski for that kind of striker. And the small ones, Aguero, Suarez sort of yeah. thing, you know, they're the the six of the different types, you know, Benzema falls yeah, into yeah. the category of Harry Kane and Lewandowski yeah. as well, you know, mm. it's true, isn't it? But, um, Listen, listen, you guys are hearing from an expert. This is where you, <laughs> you, you broke that down so naturally. That's just, no, that, so that true. was good there. So Basically, fam, people, if you're six foot six and you're a bit stiff, don't be trying to do up you no know, skill runs with don't, uh, sorry, to, uh, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Stick, stick, stick to your Chris Wood. Stick to you. <laughs> stick to that, and you and you go far. It's true, it? bro. Right. Bags, man. Um, here we go, and then um, we've got. So, maybe for KJ, if you want to choose, maybe one one more of those because of time. One more of those, yeah. So th- this last one here will be: um, What did your uh, teammates think of your faith when they when they see your faith? What did your what do your teammates normally uh, think and react? You know what they accept it nowadays. It's a bit different, you know. Um, they accept it much more than before because they just know what I'm about. But at the same time, it's a bit tricky because if you do something or say something, they look at you like, "Oh, how can you not say that?" You know what I'm trying to say. So I've learned to as I've got older I've learned to not say some sort of things that I might have said before and get involved in a different way you know I'm trying to say now it's just got to the stage where uh, he is what he is you know it's Mm -hmm. it's saying like you're some sort of freak but it's who I am you know I'm trying to say so it's like it's a bit like you know when um it sounds a bit silly but you know when someone says a joke about your mum and if the first time you laugh at it they carry on saying them sort of jokes, you know? Mm, but if mm. the, the first time someone says something that's a joke that you don't like, that's it. Yeah. They know that's he doesn't like that kind of banner. Mm, you yeah, know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Mm. So, um, John, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, got you, bro. I've got to the stage now where they know what I'm about. It's, it's mutual yeah. respect, yeah. It, mm. the, the mutual respect is there from the get-go. But mm. once you allow them to hear you say something or you joke about something, then they start thinking, ah, he's a joke, man. They can say yeah. this again. And by the mm. time it starts to affect you, they're also thinking, well, we, we used to be all right two months ago, you know what I'm trying to say? So a bit of experience um, has mm. taught me that don't say something or do something that they might start taking the mick out of your yeah. beliefs, mm. you know what I'm trying to say? So now mm. it's just like, okay, I'm doing this. I, I look to the skies, I pray, I tweet this, or I say this on Instagram, mm. and they just know it is who I am. So mm. it's, it's it's been simple nowadays. Oh, that's that's good. Well, we're coming up to the toward the ends. We've got like two more questions for you, and then and then we're about to wrap up. Um, I'll try well, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, so these are these are from us. So, what pieces of advice uh, would you give to younger Benick, younger you, going back? If you could go back and chat to yourself at the younger ages, what what advice would you give to yourself? Um probably what I said just before, don't get caught up with um, the lifestyle of different teammates. Um, it's not easy when you're in that um, change room, you know, every single day you start seeing your teammates more than your family, but sometimes don't get caught up in the in the conversations and stuff like that because it's just not going anywhere. Um, that's one thing. And the second is to 
um, I wish I enjoyed it more than I did at times. You know, feeling the pressure, the burden. I felt like the weight was on my shoulders sometimes. I'm not playing or I'm upset. I'm going home. I'm not talking to my wife or my girlfriend at the time because I'm upset of stuff that happened at work. And then taking that sort of like negativity home. So just to enjoy it as much as um, I did um, from the get-go. And then um, that's it, really. Just to just to not worry. Not be a warrior, but be a warrior. You know, mm. I've seen that quote before somewhere, you know. A warrior oh, with A and not that's, that's nice. the one with the O. So that's probably the, the, the two things that I would have said to myself. Brilliant. And last question, Benny. It's been an awesome night. Um, what advice would you give to any aspiring young player? Um, we get a lot of messages from people on our Instagram mm -hmm. asking for advice and this and that. What advice would you give to any young player watching this? I'd give two. Um, the first one would be to not lose that kid inside you. You know, it goes back to what we we spoke about and touched upon already. But when you first start playing football, whatever age that is, whether you're five years old or 15 or 25, you play it because you want to. No one forced you. You know, your parents or your older brother, don't they don't drag you like this and say, come on, let's go play football. You're like, I don't want to kick the ball. You're playing it because you chose to. Mm. You know? John, you know when you're younger and KJ, probably the same with you, and you're playing yeah. football by yourself, kicking it against the wall, mm -hmm. and your family or your mum or whoever is calling you saying, come eat, and you're like, oh, what? Oh, I've been out here for five hours already. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm, yeah. But then as you get older, you start to think too much. Oh, I need to go to gym. Oh, do I want to go play football? Oh, the pressure. Oh, the fans don't like me. And you start thinking so much. How long am I going to be in the game for? Uh, yes. I, too many questions. You forget what, why you started. You know, remembering why you started can take you so far. So as a, a bit of advice, I'd say just remember why you started. Just keep loving the game. Don't lose that little boy or little girl inside you because obviously there's women's football that's really, really taking off as mm. well. Um, praise God. So don't lose that child inside you because that's that's why you play it in the first place. And the second one would be discipline. You know, discipline is everything. You know, I told you about the Mike Tyson thing that I was listening to, um, the audiobooks, and he talks about discipline. And he has regrets saying that if he had the same discipline throughout his whole career, he'd be a different person. You know, don't get me wrong, he's done well financially and he's had to learn the hard way. But discipline is completely everything. It can make you or break you more than you actually think until you have the discipline. And you can never fulfill anything as a Christian or as a father or as a footballer or whatever job it is uh, without discipline. And having a discipline will, as I said, will, will change you for the better. Awesome, bro. You heard it here, guys. Wise words from an amazing man of God. Um, before we go, guys, we have an amazing giveaway. Mr. Afobi has kindly um, uh, given his shirt as a giveaway gift. If you just hold up there, Benick. So we are giving away our first official YouTube gift. Jeez. Um, a signed shirt from none other than Benick Afobi. Guys, you've listened to this podcast we are going to give this gift away to a random uh, uh, subscriber. So make sure you subscribe, you like this post, but also put in the comments what you've heard from Benick, something that's inspired you today. And we'll pick out a winner. Um, so, But don't forget to like, subscribe, but also write something that's inspired you from listening to this Man of God talk. And then we will be sure to respond to you and get that sent out to one lucky winner so listen bennett we are so blessed bro tonight has been outrageous man for um, having you, me man thank you, you for having me 
honestly, you, it, it means a lot to me, bro. You've given us a gift tonight, bro, and I'm gonna send you these uh, uh, soon to be released Ballers and God small oh, shin pads. Yes. I know hey. you like the small shin pads, but we made these you know. for players like you in mind, and also some Ballers and God grip socks that Thank will you. be sent to you, bro, so you can represent mm. um, Thank you. no matter where you are. But before we go, Bennett, we just want to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Just like to lift you up. Um, you've been such an inspiration to, to so many people over the years and just hearing your wisdom and your story tonight has been, yeah, it's been a game changer, bro. So I just want to pray for you before we close. So um, if we could just bow our heads. Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, for your son, your servant, Benick. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that he truly is more than a player. Lord, you've taken him on this journey to teach him, Lord, that nothing, nothing comes before Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, Lord, as he's poured out tonight, would you pour back into him? We thank you even as a player that his best days are ahead of him. We thank mm-hmm. you, Father, Lord, that no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor mind even conceived that which you have in store for Benek and his family. I thank you that you are his strength. And I thank you in the same way, Lord, that he's been strengthened by you, him and his household, there'll be a, strength, a pillar of strength to others. Would you pour out your blessings, your anointing, your goodness upon Benek, Thank you, Father, for this man of God, a miracle man, a miracle man. Thank you, Father, Lord, that, Lord, you would enlarge his capacity and that he would fulfill the original assignment for that which he was made for. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Amen. really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm going to be pleasure, bro. watching every single podcast that Let's comes go. Hey, come on. next year or so. And it'll be, it'll be great to listen to other people's stories, man. Because you know, mm. at the end of the day, we're all in it together. So mm. I love what you guys are doing. And I'll be keeping a close eye on every every single podcast, man. All right, thank Keep you, in touch man, with me, guys. For sure. uh, we will do, man. We will do. Thank, thank you so much. Or so, you know, and just talk about the next part of my journey also. And share it with yeah, them. We'll get you with back that return sure. to the Premier League. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on, <laughs> come on now. But yeah, thank everyone... You. Who's who tuned in today? Uh, thank you so much for for watching. Remember to subscribe, like, and put that comment in for the chance to win one of uh, Benikafobi's shirts, which will be signed, hand signed by the man himself. You know, and so we love to see that. Uh, thank you again to to Benik for for joining us today. We we really appreciate that, and uh, obviously thank you to John for uh, having this platform and. Guys, as we continue to grow, as we continue to move forward, remember to keep us in your prayers. Um, prayer for, for new ideas, new creativity, and tell us what you're really looking to see. And we will make sure that we can try and find a way to facilitate that for you guys, because we're here to serve you guys as much as serve the players. So thank you so much, everyone, for a wonderful podcast. Until the next episode, everyone, stay blessed, people, and peace out. God bless. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.